0: This is Corporate Lunch, the GQ-style podcast. I'm Editor-in-Chief Will Welch, and I'm here with Senior Editor Noah Johnson. What's up, Noah? What
1: up, Will? How are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing good, man. Good. I, th- I think we should talk talk about some pop culture and some fashion and some fashion and some pop culture. What do you think about that?
1: Let's go. Hey, welcome back from your hiatus. We missed you. missed you for a couple episodes there.
0: Thank you, yeah. It was uh, it was hard to be away, but I just got to listen in from afar.
1: Always hard to be away.
0: Um. So I wanted to talk to you about a story in the fall issue of GQ Style, which is the one with the Z's on the cover that's on newsstands right now, yeah. about 032 C in Berlin, Germany. Mm-hmm. So 032 C has been a influential kind of insidery fashion magazine for what like 15 years or something.
1: Yeah, about that. I knew it initially as a fashion magazine, uh, a biannual um, you know big fat European um, sort of intellectual enterprise. And, um, I always really loved it because, you know, they wrote about style and designers that I was interested in that weren't getting, weren't always getting heavy, you know, heavy attention in, in the American glossy magazines or elsewhere, like, you know, Helmut Lang and Eddie Slimane
0: and. And like deep dives into those guys' world, Helmut Lang's archive, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They were
1: really tapped into like the. Researchy. The cult side. And they were also like tapped into what Supreme was doing and other streetwear brands and, Um, So they were always of interest to me. And then in recent years, for various reasons, it's sort of um, they've expanded across all types of platforms. And and most interestingly, in a way, into a a full-blown sort of streetwear brand.
0: I remember the first time I saw, I think I saw somebody wearing a 032C t-shirt, long sleeve shot AT. I saw one on the street and then... Uh GQ's Griffin Funk was wearing one in the office. Yeah. So I actually saw it in the wild before I like saw on the internet uh-huh. that they were doing yeah. That they were doing merch.
1: Yeah, merch. It's more of a merch line than a full blown streetwear line, but it it's somewhere in between. I think it'll continue to expand. But yeah, I mean it's it, it was it was a it, it's a cool project because in a way it signifies that you're like in the know. You know, like I think in the beginning Definitely. it was like if you saw someone with an O thirty two C shirt on, you were like, "It was pretty clear that that person knew what was up."
0: You're like, "Damn, this person knows knows German fashion." And <laughs> <magazines." laughs> respect to you, young man.
1: Yeah. 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 So for the fall issue, and can we
0: offer you a GQ style subscription?
1: <laughs> so for the fall issue, I traveled to Berlin to meet with Jorg and Maria Koch, who are the you know Jorg is the founder, Maria is his wife. Um, who now is, is part of the team there, and I went to Berlin to visit them at their home and office slash workshop slash gallery slash retail space. Um, and
0: holy he, shit, that is not just any home.
1: Yeah, it's like bananas. It's in Kreuzberg, Berlin, which is, as far as I can tell, sort of off the beaten path. It's, it's a residential neighborhood, and there's this old, brutalist church there. It's a large church sort of compound built in 1964 that is part of... A lot of it is occupied by a large art gallery, and then right. a section of it is the home apartment of Jorg and Maria and their dog Toasty and their children, and then there's the- Many, many
0: bags of concrete died in the in the making of St. A- Agnes Cathedral. Yeah, it's
1: called St. Agnes, and you'll see, it's like, this is a cool thing that they do, but they do tees that say St. Agnes on them.
0: I have that one. That was the first one I bought.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that represents, that's where they're based. It's It's called St. Agnes Cathedral, I think. So we went to to see what what they're all about because what they're doing, the whole 032C project is is pretty interesting and pretty unique. It's not just a magazine. It's sort of like a, they describe it as like a research project in a way where they're kind of like cooking up ideas and then figuring out where to put them. And it might be a t-shirt, it might be um, an exhibition, it might be an article in the magazine it might be something else that we don't even know about
0: right it's almost like the the concepts come first and then they figure out the best medium for it yeah what was the vibe in the office like we have a very specific culture in the gq style office so what, how would you describe uh the way those guys collaborate well it's very non-corporate
1: um yorg is is sort of like a philosopher type dude he he likes to say that he's just interested in where the energy is, and then he likes to kind of get his team to dive deep into into that. Um, he he also has a job as as the editor-in-chief at Essence, which is a large retail. Canadian, Canadian retailer. high-fashion, right. super-duper high-fashion retailer. It's another interesting sort of arm of what they're doing because it's very much an extension of what O32C is. But that's like a... If anything, a more corporate role at home in Kreuzberg in Berlin, he's he's sort of like, he's like a professor in the room, and then he's you know his staff, which is not very large, are sort of like a crew of of researchers, and they all kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, Mark Goring's the fashion editor; and he's sort of a wizard and a, a street style legend. A friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um, but yeah, they kind of they. My observation was that they act a little bit more like an agency, where they sort of they come up with right. a project or an idea, and they start kind of these long, elaborate brainstorming sessions that lead them somewhere, or lead them nowhere, or right. somewhere in between. <laughs> lead them with you know? a scrapped idea, yeah. They do two issues a year, so they have a slightly different pace. And from what I, you know, talking to them and Thomas Bettridge, who's the managing editor and everyone there, it's kind of like they just cook on ideas and. Sometimes they lead places and sometimes they don't. Um, They don't have a lot of really hard and fast and tight deadlines. Um,
0: One thing I love is this idea that you already said about your being interested in going where the energy is. There's two things about that. One, I think that could apply to um, a lot of different pursuits like maybe if you're an accountant that that's not relevant but otherwise <laughs> it, going where the energy is uh I think is a really interesting sort of uh, as a marching order. Yeah. Um the other thing that I think is interesting and um you know uh, gives great hope is 15 years later like they are where the energy is. Correct. Um and so it it seems like uh from reading your story it was a labor of love for your uh, starting out in more of a zini phase mm-hmm. and then evolving into this like incredibly influential uh, biannual print magazine. And now they've just realized that they can tell their story in all kinds of different ways. And then maybe even get hired to help other people tell their story and yeah. bring a little of that 32 C magic. Um,
1: yeah. And a really interesting thing to consider in all that is that they're in Berlin and Jorg isn't originally from Berlin, but he is German and, he got there shortly after the fall of the Berlin Wall, and when there was an atmosphere in Germany of um, intense sort of creativity. Right, and we're
0: making this up as we go in the best way. Yeah. yeah, and
1: people, you know, David Bowie went there at that time. Like, creative people from all over were were going to Berlin because there was this this new sort of like freedom and energy that came out of it, and it was not like capitalist at all. You know, right. no one was like making money and making art and selling it or anything like that and um york describes it as a time where there was this sort of interdisciplinary um major crossover activity happening where it was like some dj and some architect and some writer and some artist would all team up together and have some sort of project just to do
0: it right making stuff just to make stuff
1: yeah yeah and just experimenting and see where seeing where it leads. That's how o 32 C started.
0: Well, the other thing that's interesting about that, uh, and you've brought this up before, is that they are on the uh, Berlin is not a fashion capital. Yeah, it's a capital of culture and kind of uh, music and all sorts of things, but it is not Paris, London, Milan, or New York City.
1: And that has a really cool effect. Where it's like one of the things um, they had in the magazine was a, a fashion editorial that Kanye West sort of. Um, conceived in some way that featured Kim and and his other muses and um it's it's a pretty beautiful sort of striking disturbing shoot that I think they shot all in Calabasas and it's sort of about the wasteland of of that part of California and like the suburban industrial sprawl and it's really nice but you know of course like being and a latex very, and yeah, nylon yeah a lot of that and then you know being a, a sort of a serious fashion magazine of course they got some some sort of blowback about that not everyone appreciates um continuing to give you know pop stars a platform in the fashion world if they don't sort of fall in line the way Kim and Kanye don't especially Kanye doesn't right um so you know the establishment maybe didn't appreciate it so much I asked Jorg and Marie about that and their answer was just like well so what you know who cares? Can I read
0: the quote cuz I really like this quote? Yeah. I'm going to ask our uh our listeners to add on the really awesome German accent. We're <laughs> extremely bored when people still try to make a distinction between underground and mainstream and are snobbish about things happening in the so-called mainstream. I just find it intellectually so fucking lazy. Yeah. S- s- quote 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 Jorg.
1: So good. Yeah. And I think, you know, it ties in and I think being in Berlin, that's why they're like, well, we don't really care, you know. They don't like keeping up with the Kardashians isn't even on TV there. I don't think, I don't know, probably is, but not in their house. <laughs> it's not on in their house or their office. Like they just, they feel this really, this disconnect from so many of these worlds that, that a lot of us can't disconnect from, It's it, which is sort of an interesting thing, right? And it allows them this like creative freedom.
0: And there's also a really compelling bit in your piece where Jorg is talking about the power of the amateur yeah. and the fact that some Kanye related- Fashion amateurs, namely Virgil, Jerry Lorenzo of Fear of God, in a way um, inspired slash kicked down the door slash gave 32 C permission to create their own merch, yeah, and, and to to be more than to not just cover fashion but to make it on some level.
1: Yeah, Yorg is really into the idea of celebrating the amateur, um, which I think is a really nice idea. You know, because it allows for all this. It allows for sort of innovation and and like relearning and trying. You know, old things, new ways, or whatever, yeah. and I think that he, I think they really were inspired by, um, people like Virgil, who kind of just or totally self-taught,
0: just doing it,
1: just and totally not accepted initially, you know, into the into the establishment in a way, and but just kept moving forward with it and well, figuring it out.
0: And I mean, there is a uh, one might notice in the photos that Justin O'Shea is in the pictures, and, yeah, and Justin. Uh, has recently become part of the zero thirty two C family. He, after his stint as the creative director of Brioni, also a amateur designer. Even though he was a fashion world figure, yeah. was not a designer and started his own brand. And so they, how does the relationship work between the two of them?
1: So it's a it's a partnership. Basically, o- O32 Jorgen Maria were able to offer Justin all of the sort of back-end support. So helping him figure out production and sourcing. And Which is Maria's specialty, right? Yeah, so Maria has a lot of experience as a fashion designer um, and also sort of a fashion consultant. Um, she worked a lot with Kanye on the Yeezus merch, I believe, and the Yeezy line as well. Um, so she's, yeah, she's she's figured out a lot of... um how to make all the manufacturing and stuff happen and make sales happen and like just you pre- want you
0: want rayon shirts man I'll yeah. show you how to make some exactly. rayon shirts yeah yeah
1: and that you know when you start something from scratch as Justin O'Shea is I think a lot of people don't realize how much how hard that is to do
0: they don't realize until they try it themselves
1: yeah and yeah. so um and, and this all started back at some point you o32c did a profile of Justin O'Shea when he got the brioni job and obviously the Brioni job didn't last very long, but that was the beginning of this friendship right. between them because they were working together on this story. And and it just led to them, and you know now they're partners essentially on this brand, um, Triple S World Corp.
0: Well, it's cool because they it's sort of like uh, Jorg and Maria were inspired by amateurs and then launched into it themselves with their own merch brand and are now taking what they've learned and supporting another you know semi amateur in his pursuits. Yeah. I mean, I obviously would encourage everybody to read Noah's piece. It's in the fall issue on gqstyle.com now. Um but I was thinking Noah because I th- I think there's a lot in this piece that that goes far beyond just the world of 032C and I've been thinking about it a lot as uh women's fashion week gets into full swing. Yes. Because basically what you have is you've got something really interesting with Um, The sort of rise of this class of what we're calling today amateur designers, Mm -hmm. you know, not classically trained fashion designers um, who are having a lot of success. And they are where a lot of the energy is in fashion right now, both men's and women's. Then what you also have is a lot of those same people kind of came out of like Kanye and Kim world. Yeah. um, And what you also have going on that, that I I have felt has been very pronounced through New York fashion week is just the sort of dominance of some of those pop culture figures uh, of what was once more of like, uh, for better and for worse, uh, like clubby insider industry event. Like to me, the headlines coming out of New York fashion week have been Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, um, Kim, you know, and it's sort of like, uh, maybe been a tough environment for like a young designer making dope dresses to break through (laughs) so you simultaneously have like um the rise of the amateur and the the sort of like squashing of fashion by these pop culture juggernauts yeah all going on at one time.
1: Yeah, New York's been an interesting scene. And there was a few different like approaches, right? Like um, Kith had a, a show, the sort of streety
0: sneaker boutique yeah, thing. Yeah, started as a sneaker store and is now selling desserts and, and making T-shirts.
1: you know, I don't know that, like, every fashion editor in the world was, like, dying to get to see a Kith show because that's not really, like, part of their, you know, circuit or world. But they had LeBron James in the show. Right. You know? like the most famous person in the world <laughs> so it's like sort of funny when you observe that and you just have to sort of consider what's happening there versus you know like a quieter brand like this brand House Lotto which is sort of like an art collective they did a show in Bushwick at a friend's house cast all the models were friends of theirs you know, cool people like Alex Olson, the skateboarder was in it. There was a pregnant woman in the show, but people just went gaga about it. Like all the editors were kind of going crazy for it.
0: Although one thing that's interesting is the, that maybe the person who has the biggest wave of them all is sort of outside of the, the amateur celebrity pop culture matrix of fashion, which is Dimna, the designer of Vetmont and Balenciaga. Um, you know, Dimna is not a, uh, uh, a kardashian you know or rihanna's creative director or whatever the, or whatever the case may be um so i don't know what do you think about this moment in fashion obviously it's like a a, a tricky one there's like the retail environment is tough yeah. certain brands gucci that mom, balenciaga are thriving other brands are having a tougher go at it um but it's definitely uh topsy-turvy yeah i would say and so for those of us who follow this stuff and occasionally wear this stuff like do you think this is an exciting moment or is it like a kind of offbeat moment for you
1: um a little bit of both maybe slightly more on the offbeat side just because i i it troubles me a little bit that so much of the conversation becomes dominated by like what i see as sort of just business strategy you know like who's showing where and who's creative directing what and um, how many seasons and collections a year are they doing. And, you know, I, I like that stuff is all interesting to me in a way. It's like following sports, right? Like You want to know all the players. You want to know the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator and, like, what plays they're calling. And similarly in fashion, you want to, like, understand it and get to know what's going on behind the scenes, especially as a consumer or even a fan. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're either spending money on this stuff or you're just endorsing it and supporting it with, with your, you know – your voice in one way or another whether you're wearing it or not and like you should know more about it right and back it
0: that's what this era is kind of about like the internet era there's you can get information on everything yeah so there's no such thing as like behind the scenes industry and then out in front for the consumers it's all one it's all one melee
1: yeah but it has it's it's caused some sort of like chaos and panic in a way that that's sort of off-putting you know it gets like you there's a side of it that i think you actually kind of don't want to see and um, you know, designers complaining endlessly about like the pace of fashion and they can't keep up, and they're right. And, which is true. I get it. I'm sure. You know, shit. We all work too hard. Have like. your lawyer get your contract <laughs> right, man. <laughs> yeah, but I also like. I just feel like where's the, you know, where are the ideas? What are the concepts here? You know, where's the love for the clothes? Where's the, the craft? You know, and I admit that's a little hokey and romantic, I guess, on my part. But
0: I can. I'm gonna one up your hokeyness and yeah. your romanticness. I think that even in this environment, people with a singular vision. Breakthrough. Yeah, they do. So it's kind of like it really all boils down to that. You can complain all you want,
1: and th- uh, that's what I was also going to sort of back into. Is like there's still. We, I just saw Raph Simmons' second Calvin Klein show the other night, and I thought it was just fantastic. It was so good.
0: What got you about it?
1: Um, I don't know. It was just really spooky. It was. Um, it was a complete sort of like riff on the first collection, just kind of taking a lot of the ideas, the sort of American archetypes of the you know the cowboy and the the American craftsy stuff and just continuing to push it further into a weirder, sort of darker place. Um, Kathy Horn said something in her review for the cut that I thought was interesting. That was like, you know, American designers have this tremendous opportunity right now to make themselves relevant by addressing the 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 violent, um, tumultuous climate of in the United States right now. Let's get
0: these tiki torches on the runway. <laughs>
1: exactly. And there's kind of... Other than some of the really very independent um, designers with, with smaller voices, not many are are sort of tackling it head on or in a in a compelling, fresh way. And I think Raph is beginning to do that. Right. Um,
0: Raph has come to New York and done it like a American almost. Yeah. Or it, as an American could.
1: It, it's cool to see. And he said, I, I read a quote from him that was like, this is just the beginning. It's going to take a very long time to sort of develop this language or symbolism or whatever it is, which I thought was really kind of cool and interesting and promising. Well that's
0: also cool. exciting in the in the era of of designers doing three years and out at different yeah. labels. It's like you can tell he's here to stay and he's plotting a longer term vision. Can I ask you a very I want to ask you a very basic bitch fashion question. I'll do my best. When you, Noah Johnson, are at the uh, Calvin Klein show designed by Raph Simmons I know that you're an ardent follower of uh, all things Raf. Yeah. How much thought as the models are marching down the runway are you giving to whether or not you would wear it what percent of your brain is considering that part of um, loving it or hating
1: it it really depends cuz you always if i like if it's a RAF show i'm sitting there and i'm really not thinking about wearing anything i see right there are other shows are where it's like totally different where i'm yeah. like it's i just identify with it and i'm like oh yeah i want to wear all this um,
0: but so with RAF, you have a critical distance yeah and, and it's more about the the statement i think yes. it is about like i could i could really see i could really see that top <laughs> with some pleated pants on a thursday <laughs> at the office
1: yeah i don't really i don't necessarily go there i do think about like the beauty of it you know or like how it i do think about how it looks but i don't i i'm not like like breaking out my pen and like making my personal order as i sit <laughs> there you know <laughs> can I'm i get like, a
0: skew number on that <laughs> The other thing is that Raph, like all of the great designers, when you go to his shows, you're getting much more than a presentation of garments.
1: Yeah, he had the massive Sterling, new Sterling Ruby installation. Who's That's the artist he collaborates with on most things and has for a few years.
0: And also just like uh, the music. Well, first of all, there's just the basic anticipation of a of a Raph Simmons or a Calvin Klein show. And then, uh, then there's the bulbs popping as, you know, different people take their seats and then the music kicks in. I mean, all of that is like fashion one Oh one, but with, um, a handful of designers, it's done, uh, with just incredible, well, it depends on the mood. It can be done with grace or with beauty or with intensity. And, um, Yeah, it goes far far beyond personal orders.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Raph does it right. The Calvin show was like, you rolled up, the street was closed off, there was a marching band outside. Like, I don't (laughs) know who the hell they were. I don't think Raph hired them, but there was a full-blown marching band outside. And, you know, mobs of people, you get inside, it's like, you know, Brooke Shields is there, of course. She's like the the model she's got like her body like her her shape is on the leather tag in the back of the jeans she's like the Raph calvin jump man for the right damn.
0: <laughs> did you did you go up and give brooke a double kiss
1: no but she was like <laughs> she was kicking it with mahershala ali friend of the pod and <laughs> jake jilly uh jake Jillenhall. all the, they all looked really good i can't good. say i
0: can't do jake jilly no you gotta go gyllenhaal <laughs> new pod rule
1: um and then just like maggie every-
0: you can do maggie jilly Okay, she wasn't there. But it's there. Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't think she was there. Okay. Yeah, all right,
1: Jake Gyllenhaal was there. Um, Good-looking guy. Everybody, all the like, it was, and then every you know every cool model and fashion photographer and cool person in the whole universe was was in that room. So, yeah, you get in. It's exciting when the when it, everyone's finally seated and there's that like hush right before the music starts. Yeah, you're into it. If it's a rap show for me, you're like.
0: And even Raph could brick it. So that's part of the that's part of the uh, anticipation as well.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you can never be such a such a stand for, for any designer that you're just gonna like you're gonna endorse it no matter what. You gotta see it. So and it's you know, it was his second one here. Yeah, it was a big deal. It he, seemed, he it, delivered and I, I do I
0: do like the continent continuity with the first show. Rather than the um the total rethink, which also has its power when done by, you know, a great one like Mutra Prada. Yeah. But a little continuity can be really strong too. Definitely. Um, should we get into thirteen vibes? Yeah. Are, are often not that lightningy lightning round.
1: My favorite part. Thirteen 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 five. Five.
0: <laughs> Who goes first? No, I, this is. I've kind of been interviewing you this time on the pod, so I think we should continue with that. You go first.
1: Okay. Vibe number one. Bed a's. Case you don't know, that's French for beret. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, you're a brave man for doing your french pronunciation of of that hat on the yep. pod.
1: It's a hat um
0: to the many millions of listeners of the pod.
1: One part like special ops uh, <laughs> like military guy and one part like french douche on the riverside making a watercolor painting, I don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Artiste.
1: Um, I put one on the other day, and I liked the way it looked. I like the way. It Do made you
0: me yet? Feel. You. I know you've been thinking and uh, having feelings about berets. Do you own a beret yet? No, not yet. Is it gonna happen? Yeah, All I right. think so. All right. Look, this is my promise to the listeners. When you come in <laughs> rocking a beret, I'm gonna put a picture on the internet. All right. Cool. Coming soon. The uh, the first one for me coming out of summer breaking into fall is just the emotions. Yeah. Like I'm gonna punt on getting sp- in kind of a a an homage to Mariah Carey yeah I'm not gonna get that <laughs> specific about the emotions I just want to say that fall is here fall is happening and I'm feeling emotions deeper than I ever have before
1: yeah I think we all know what you're talking about there yeah
0: we can leave it at that
1: I'm gonna keep it on a fashion tip on the fall fashion tip and say pleated pants still I know a lot of you out there are like oh pleated pants were cool last year now we're wearing like unpleated pants or something <laughs> <else."> <laughs> but i'm still into it i think you know a little volume well, I, up top looks cool
0: i would also say that maybe people were talking about it last year but how many people had several pairs and were making it happen very good point you know
1: now it's about doing it yeah yeah size up
0: um i am going to go number 4 with Mobolaji Dawadu, GQ style fashion director. I know one him. of my vibes. Cool guy. Mobolaji and I have been on the road uh, making the holiday issue. I mean, we've all been here making the holiday issue, but we've been traveling, doing the shoots and stuff. And I just think he's really good at what he does, and he has a uh, outsized influence on GQ style, the magazine, yeah. and the 360 degree brand. But has not yet had pod presence. Yeah, what's up with that? So I'm using one of my vibes to both acknowledge Mobalaji Dawodu and um, put up the, the Dawodu signal.
1: Hopefully soon to be featured, hopefully soon to be in the studio with us.
0: You never know what is going to say, so I think it'll be interesting to put, <laughs> put a microphone in front of him.
1: Um, all right, now that we're on people, uh, just a, a quick one. Someone that I've fell in love with who didn't know much about is Florence Knoll, a, a modern design pioneer. Really. Break it down, no, you got to break it down. Um, she was once referred to by the New York Times as the single most powerful figure in modern design. She was not really an architect, not really a designer, not really a furniture designer or interior designer. She just had the best taste of all time. And she studied with Mies van der Rohe and uh, Marcel Brewer and stuff. And and just she was excellent at bringing other furniture designers together to make amazing shit. And we know the name Knoll. Knoll is sort of synonymous, synonymous with... You know the absolute best of that um, mid-century furniture design, but I became obsessed with this very simple m- little marble table that is a Knoll design, and then that just sort of brought me into this hole where I learned more about Florence, and she's just incredible. Noelville,
0: have you uh, have you copped? No table.
1: I've got a bunch of. Uh, I've got the first dibs. Little ads haunting my Instagram. <laughs> They're feed. chasing you all around. You know, how the that internet. happens? Like if oh, you look man. at one first dibs page, like that shit is yeah. going to be in your feeds for life until yeah. you look at a new one, and then you get that one. So right now. I'm heavily haunted by f- null Goods.
0: How do they know where I'm going to go next? I know. It's incredible. Um, I'm going to go. Speaking of the internet, with the Ram Das podcast. Yes. Uh, I think last time I acknowledged the Stretch Armstrong and Bobito Bar- Bar- Garcia podcast. Mm. Yeah. Um, this time I'm going with Here and Now, which is uh, Ram Das. I've been it, at least the f- I'm on episode like 16 or something like that, and he is um, in New York City uh, after several. Uh, expansive trips, well, really around the whole world, but especially uh, to India. Um, he is back with uh, understanding of Buddhism, and especially Hinduism, karma yoga. And he is basically, after being one of the psychedelic pioneers, uh, he was sort of, he explored psilocybin and LSD-25. You may have heard of these mind-expansive drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, found that every time he went up, got high, uh, he had to come back down. Yeah. And eventually, uh, he got kicked out of Harvard. He was a cohort of Timothy Leary. They were really like on the, um, they're really exploring the edges of these, of these new drugs and the consciousness that comes with them. And so, um, after getting kicked out of Harvard and, and getting sick of the come down, he went in search of the, the permanent one. Uh, and brought a lot of what he found back to the United States. Um, and I just think it's really powerful, like, extremely. It's from not the, these r- recordings that I'm listening to so far from 1973. It's his voice. His voice, yeah. yeah the taped lectures that he was okay. giving on the Upper East Side, I think.
1: And it's on Apple or on the usual podcast streams?
0: Yeah, wherever you find Corporate Lunch, you can find here and now. Good. Um, and... I think that even though it's, uh, you know, however many years ago 1973 was, it's just like incredibly timely, urgent stuff for the political environment now and other aspects of modern life. So let GQ
1: style, let Corporate Lunch be your spiritual guide for all things. And let
0: Ram Dass lead jo- on fashion. <laughs> I mean, he actually came back, you know, barefoot, bearded and beaded, man. It's like, you know, it's a vibe for sure.
1: Um, my next vibe is actually... Directly related to that, it's doing yoga every day.
0: Hey, seven days a week? Yeah. Damn.
1: I don't actually do that. I I aspire to do that.
0: I aspire to aspire to seven days a week. That's all. That's impressive.
1: A lot of people don't like yoga. They think it's weird. It smells. It's it's corny. It's uncomfortable. It is those things. It can be. But once you break through and get into it, it's so much better than like going to the gym or. I don't know soul. I've never done Soul Cycle, but I, I've gone. I've heard people screaming in those studios. <laughs> it seems crazy. Um,
0: we are too grown for that shit. Yeah. Also doing squats. I feel like if you're not getting if you're not getting paid to perform as an athlete, you do not need to be doing squats. No, That's outrageous. You're
1: not gonna, not going in the gym like doing deadlifts and.
0: When people are making jokes about leg days, and I'm like, man, does that mean you like actually do a chest day? That's insane. <laughs> We all type emails for a living. Yeah. Stop lying. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. Um, I'm going to kind of go, I don't know, somehow this seems connected. Um, I am into riding in Ubers in silence.
1: Yeah. It's peaceful.
0: Because what happens is, okay, first of all, I feel weird. I don't care if I'm paying him. I feel weird getting in somebody else's car and being like, yo, put my Bluetooth on. Yeah you're about to
1: <laughs> pass the ox. Yeah. That's what people do. you are about
0: to hear Rihanna and DJ Khaled on loop. for this <laughs> 35 minute ride. Like, I just can't do that. And I'm not sure if like, you know, the dude wants to get into the, like, um, whatever, whatever music I'm listening to at the time. I'm not yep. going to embarrass myself. Um, it's but mostly I, grateful dead. It's mostly, yeah. Grateful dead and, uh, Nigerian pop music that I've stolen from mobile. Um, <laughs> But the other thing I'm not going to do is listen, listening to like garbage terrestrial radio. Yeah. So the new move is just like, hey, man, could you shut the radio off? And we travel like that together. Wow. It's a vibe. Um, in terms of sounds,
1: I'm going to go with the work of the minimalist composer, experimental music pioneer Terry Riley um yeah have, have you ever heard of terry riley yeah terry riley's a g
0: pretty um i endorse your vibe pretty
1: well known in some circles i'm no expert in his in his catalog but uh i dip in but there's one track in particular called you're no good which is a 20 minute rework of this old soul song from 1968 it's sort of a rearrangement where he just loops and um it gets kind of glitchy and and crazy and wild and raucous and then zends out it's a it's a whole experience 20 minutes of like Life-changing experience. Is it on Spotify? I don't know. I is listen it on to, Apple Music? I listen to it on YouTube.
0: YouTube. I, yeah, I just listen Damn, to the YouTube dude. video. You're Let's, in touch with the, you're in touch with the youth, man. I'm impressed.
1: I think it's probably on those other platforms, but um, listen, yeah, listen to "You're No Good" by Terry Riley. Whoa, it's good.
0: I like how this is only uh, podcast number four, but we are like into some deep cuts already. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. It's you know, it us. Um, I. I am feeling this week I'm going to make a trip to the Prada store. Now that might not sound like a groundbreaking shit, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is I'm six foot six inches tall. Yeah. And a lot of fashions were not built for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how the Prada stuff is going to fit. I'm not sure how the, how the, how the price tag is going to fit. I'm not sure. But, um, I just think, man, the Prada has been really on point recently. And um, it's speaking to me. We were on set at a photo shoot, and uh, the subject put on some Prada stuff, and I was just like, shit, if I could dress like that, um, I would feel pretty good this fall.
1: You can. You can do it.
0: I'm going to go investigate.
1: This this fall collection is so good. It's
0: really, really good. Yeah.
1: That's a good idea. I'm going to go to the store, too, and look at it because I haven't really gone through all this shit, and I haven't tried any of it on. I want to go. Maybe we'll do a field trip together.
0: I'm down for that. All right. I don't need a mirror. I brought my friend Noah. <laughs> I'll take Noah, picks. how do I look?
1: <laughs> vibe number 12 is the New York football giants, which like, I have been so eager to like make them the vibe, like a vibe when the time is right, but they lost last night to the Cowboys pretty miserably. Um, didn't score a touchdown. It was disappointing. But Odell um, Beckham Jr., the great one-handed um, football catcher guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Didn't play. He's injured, so he wasn't in. He wasn't in. But I'm looking forward to seeing him, when he does get in, uh, play this season and only catch balls with one hand. It's a, a feat, a wondrous feat.
0: I'm worried that um, a bunch of sports podcasts are going to start throwing money at you after that really deep football analysis. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr., one-hand av- football catcher guy.
1: I am available for further comment and analysis on just on the New York Giants specifically. So Everyone back off. Contact Sam Hine. He will, he will handle the logistics and bookings i have
0: an exclusive on noah johnson for corporate lunch back (laughs) off last but not least i got a couple i got a couple floating around here and i'm not sure which direction i'm gonna go i'm gonna go in my 13th vibe is just rihanna rihanna fenty yeah the reason i'm going with rihanna fenty is uh we already acknowledged that she's had a big presence at new york fashion week that's not why i'm choosing her uh we already acknowledge that she has a smash hit with DJ Khaled and Bryson Tiller that you may have heard it contains a sample by Carlos Santana <laughs> I feel like this is like um this is like Rihanna in a in a in a down moment this is like Rihanna at rest this is like mm-hmm. Rihanna at ease yeah and i just have this sense i don't know i've always been like a music guy who who pays attention to these things. I got this sense that when she comes back for real, it's going to be awesome.
1: Seems like she's been in a a moment of like empire building, you know, like the beauty and the, the Puma deal and all that sort of global takeover business empire. And then the, she hasn't fully unleashed the next creative
0: movement. Yeah. Maybe. And, and Rihanna is kind of, she's kind of Madonna like in her, uh, in her reinvention, yeah, reinventionism. So the
1: next, the next wave is the one you're waiting for.
0: Look, I told you we were going to talk about fashion and pop culture, and yeah. pop culture and fashion, and I guess we're ending it on pop culture.
1: I just want to end with one other thing I read today. It's not a vibe, but it's just a, it's just a good thing to remember. Um, Ralph Lauren is doing a New York Fashion Show, New York Fashion Week show this this week, and um, he did an art. Guy Trebay for the New York Times did an article with him, and. In, in, he's got this amazing quote about how ralph fired or how they let go the ceo of this guy stefan larson from old navy who was there for a short period and ralph said he's a nice guy but he didn't understand the vision <laughs> yes that's why ralph is ralph and has been for 50 years i thought that was amazing
0: this is the gq style podcast it's called Cor- corporate it comes out every week we'll talk to you soon
1: see you later <laughs>